Welcome to Simply Cyber. Good to see you. I see you, Edward, Shane, Alana, Jeff, Jonathan, China, Alicia, Kenneth. What's up, people? Gonna have a great show today. Today is Friday, December 16th, everybody. Welcome to episode number 263 of the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day to you and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize that? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. Wanna say shout out and what's up to anybody West Coast is really tough time zone to be getting on for the live streams, but I talked to 150 members of the ISACA Silicon Valley chapter last night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, and we had a great conversation. I invited them all over here for this morning's briefing. So if you're from the ISACA Silicon Valley, welcome. Thanks for joining. Now, before we get into the news, I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber Solution, Recon InfoSec, Barricade Cyber Solutions, you may know them. Eric Taylor's the CEO over there. They are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for business and, and um, send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Website's on the stream right now. This is the homepage. Eric Taylor's calendar's right here. Go back and watch last night's Simply Cyber Live long form interview on the channel, Simply Cyber YouTube channel. We interviewed Eric Taylor, the CEO of this company, and talked about what it's like talking to threat actors during ransomware negotiations. It's not as, it's not as simple as just picking up the phone and calling them. There's language barriers. There's you know, emotions, there's all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. Also want to say shout out and much love to Recon InfoSec, hosts of the Thursday defensive Zoom call that I see many of you joining on the regular. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough or wanting to fund full-fledged security operations capabilities from the ground up, check out the Managed Detection and Response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Randock. What? Did we just become best friends? Gift and subs all over the place, Randock. Thank you. Genuinely love it. Listen, Recon InfoSec, their MDR offering, it includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. Guys, I say it on the channel all the time. You, If you're going to really protect an organization, you need to have controls around people, process, and technology. Everybody gets all geeked up about the tech controls because it's lead hack source stuff. But dude, I don't need a, a zero day to pop Carl, okay? Carl will click on anything I send to him. I could, I could send him a 2014 bug uh, exploit for a 2014 or something. So, so here's what I'm saying. That, that example didn't make total sense, but my point is, if you don't have someone watching the wire, if you don't have someone who knows how to do detection engineering and tune up sims and sores, then you're kind of running with your butt hanging out your hospital gown. So consider MDR service. Recon InfoSec is a security company run by security people. I love what they're doing over there, which is why I'm super happy that they're a stream sponsor. Reconinfosec.com, link in the description below. Now I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, much like the ISACA crew last night, ISC squared. Mark Schrader with a super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it, love it, love it, Mark. Thank you so much. Guys, every episode of the Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. 
So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat, just like Jim Wales is doing, like Tom Bishop's doing, like Chiller Instincts all up in here. Say what's up. Document that you're here. And I would argue you're gonna have the most enjoyable and easiest way to earn CPEs. If you're live, love it. How many of us in here right now? 92 creeping in here. That's awesome. Abdulli Nazi with the sub. Thank you very much for the sub. Welcome to the squad. We got a new emote dropping today and I'm letting you vote on it. So we'll do that as part of the stream. It is Friday, which means it's Grayson's joke of the week. Today is no different. We will do it during the mid roll. If you're watching on replay, you West Coast people, you international audience. I love it. Thanks for catching the stream. Be sure to comment uh, in the comments to, to document that you're here. Hashtag team replay. Let us know that you're a member of that faction. And by the way, team live, not to look over your shoulder, but team live is about 200 people strong. Team replay comes in on the regular about 850 people. So <laughs> we definitely want to give consideration to team replay because um, they could flex on us and we'd be like, ah, all right. So we're going to get into the news in just a hot minute. But what I like to do, especially on Fridays when I'm feeling frisky, is spend a minute saying what's up to chat, let you all know what's going on, and then we'll take a couple slugs off the old coffee here and uh, get right into it. What's up, zombie guy, Justin? Good to see you, Octavius. Tom Bishop again. Mervin just landed his first cyber job. Thank you for the interview, Vince. My man. Let's go. Hold on. I'm going to give you this one. Uh, Mervin, this one's for you. I don't use this one often. Dude, take that job, Mervin, and absolutely crush it. Do me a favor. Sign up for the newsletter, Mervin. This isn't even a shameless plug. Dude, sign up for this newsletter and let me help you kick major right out the gate. Please, please do let me help you with that. All right? I'm super excited for you. Guys, people are, it's going to be cool. Paula Terranova with the gifted subs. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes, guys. Hey, if uh, I know uh, Barricade Cyber sent out a bunch of subs this week. Tuesday, he did 100. Thursday, he did 100. Uh, I think that YouTube requires you to, like, um, acknowledge or accept the sub before it'll apply to your account. So be sure to check your email. I'm not 100% sure. Anyone in chat who received a sub this week as a gift, please... Please confirm in chat if you had to do anything, just so people know. Nico, did you just have to do something? Let me know. <clears throat> Please, someone help Evolve Gaming, because I, I definitely think there's a way to do it. <clears throat> I love it. Oh, my God. This is so great. Um, guys, on the emotes, really quickly, there's Hackerman Keyboard, Barricade uh, Cyber Solutions logo, Cash Rules, everything around me, and then Other, which is a tough one. I would really love a Cynical Jerry one, but I'm not sure what that looks like yet. Real quick, this is... Barricade Cyber Solutions company logo. This is Hacker Man with keyboard. Very cool. This is Cash Rules, everything around me. And then I thought that this James Harden would be Cynical Jerry, but um, he, James Harden didn't get a lot of love. All right. Well, we're right here at about eight minutes, which is when I like to when when I like to uh, get into the um, to the music here. I mean, oh, Nico says you have to toggle allow gifts. So toggle allow gifts. All right, guys, going to take a slug off the old coffee, and um, we're going to get into the news. Also, if you're a squad member, Hackerman is a new squad emote. It came in It came in yesterday. You can see him right here. Where's my... Come on. Here's Hackerman. Hackerman's in the house. All right, guys, let's get into the news and do what we're here for, right? People who are new here are probably like, what are we doing? I thought this was a news program. These people are just hanging out, emoting all over the place. It's like, yeah, it's all part of the experience. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let's dig into some cyber news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, December 16th, 2022. Hackers target Japanese politicians with new what? mirror stealer malware. Thanks yep. to the super A chat, Marcus. Thank you. As mirror face had been targeting Japanese politicians for weeks before the House of Councillors election in July of this year using a previously undocumented credentials stealer named Mirror Stealer. The campaign was discovered by ESET, whose analysts report they could piece together evidence thanks to operational mistakes made by the hackers that left traces behind. 
The hackers deployed the new information-stealing malware along with the group's signature backdoor, Load Info, which communicated with a command and control server known to belong to the APT-10 infrastructure. Crooks use HTML smuggling. All right, so really quickly, um, really quickly, <clears throat> this is uh, interesting. Uh, APT-10, just to confirm uh, whether or not this is Chinese, it is. Okay, so... All right, <clears throat> listen. So Jap Jap Japan, Japanese, <clears throat> Japanese politicians getting hacked. Now, a couple of things to point out here. One, it's China, uh, allegedly, or maybe they've confirmed the attribution here. Now, the hack happened in July 2022, okay? But I want to point out, guys, remember, just the other day, um, just the other day, like a couple days ago, this story dropped. Japan... Pick sides in the U.S.-China Cold War over chips. Japan sided with United States. So Japan has slowly started um, aligning itself with, with, you know, a certain faction of, of international policy and countries that isn't China, I guess, like to put it kind of uh, as politically correct as I can. So it, it doesn't surprise me when I see China's hacking Japan, right? Like they're, they're cold I hate to say Cold War, but they're like adversaries, right? In this case. Now, China's installing info stealers, which are common malware um, types that will get on your computer and they'll just like turn into a Dyson vacuum and suck up like whatever it can. Credentials, um, Discord tokens, you know, 2FAs, like whatever it can. Go Like Google Redline Info Stealer, that's a very popular commodity-based info stealer right now. There's a lot of great information on it. Uh, theirs is called Mirror Stealer. Uh, I have to imagine that China's endgame with this, if they're, especially if they're using an APT, so like China's putting like state-sponsored resources into this thing, I have to imagine that they're targe targeting Japanese politicians because Japanese politicians are the ones who are having conversations about what to do with international policy and China either wants to know what's going on so they can have a heads up or China wants to be able to influence uh, what the Japan leadership is going to do. So no surprise here. I wouldn't be surprised. Guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, another news story that says APT-10 hacks Netherlands politicians, right? So this is this is really what espionage is, okay? Like, we talk about espionage as, like, you know, Rivian stealing, allegedly, Tesla's secret battery technology or, you know, whatever, like Volkswagen stealing a bunch of uh, General Motors um, engineers and, and implementing their stuff. But, dude, at the APT level, when you're talking um, this type of stuff, this is real espionage. And the fact... I, I find it actually kind of stunning that this it came to light usually you don't hear about these things because the state-sponsored actors the reason they're called sophisticated threat actors is because they don't make noise they don't trip over their own feet and apparently this one screwed up because they left traces behind they made operational mistakes so they probably got their um hand slapped in the debrief meeting because attribution's been made and China's kind of been exposed, but that's the risk you do when you're doing cyber operations, right? It's like sneaking into a building and sneaking out and leaving, you know, DNA behind or something like that. So anyways, this doesn't really affect anyone day to day unless you work in Japan in the government, but it's an it's a interesting story to be mindful of what is happening at the macro level between international first world powers to spread Qbot malware via SVG files. Researchers at Talus have uncovered a phishing campaign that distributes Qbot malware using a technique that leverages scalable vector graphics images, SVGs, embedded in HTML email attachments. HTML smuggling, as it is known, is a highly evasive technique for malware delivery that leverages legitimate HTML5 and JavaScript features. Malicious payloads are delivered via encoded strings in an HTML attachment or web page, and the malicious HTML code is generated within the browser on the target device, which is already inside the security perimeter of the victim's network. FBI. What? Hold on. Uh, I didn't. I did not understand this. This is so. This is a story uh, about a technique for delivering malware. 
specifically Qbot, which is a kind of a well-known piece of malware uh, using SVG, which is graphics files, uh, but they're embedded in HTML, right? So HTML has turned into like this very hot delivery method for attaching um, attachments in email to get past filters and trick end users into being like, oh, it's just an HTML page, not like no risk here. So it's a nice blend between social engineering and technical control circumvention. Um, I don't understand from the story, I'd have to read more personally how the SVG is being embedded and how, because it's not like stenography, like they're putting the code in there. Um, but I guess for 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 both people who are new here and for myself, because I if someone said what is HTML smuggling, I could not, um, I could not define this right now. Uh, so I need to know, I need to know what this is. In fact, <laughs> look for a social media post later today explaining what HTML smuggling is, because I need to get smart on it. But um, just be mindful that there is a technique. I'd recommend you get familiar with this um, if you're especially if you're responsible in an organization for uh, securing or defending, right? So if you're like an in-house kind of quasi-SOC, quasi-blue, quasi-GRC person, which a lot of businesses have, like a multi-hatted person, or you're a network engineer uh, who's matrixed with InfoSec responsibilities, be mindful of this technique and how you could look for it in your, um, in your environment. Um, so also, final thing I'll note, uh, and I say this whenever it comes up, Talos, Cisco Talos, there's a couple like really good research groups out there and Cisco Talos is one of them. Um, I enjoy their stuff. If you're looking for like a good quality um, and they're not like paid in sponsors or anything like that. If you're looking for a good quality um, resource for threat intel, Cisco Talos is, is pretty good. I like, I like Cisco Talos. Uh, Google... The Google tag is also very good. Um, Recorded Future has a good one, but they're kind of um, expensive. Um, hold on. T don't put in Google tag, apparently, because that acronym doesn't work. Um, here, Google Threat Analysis Group. Yeah, there. this is what we're talking about. This right here, this Google tag. This is another good one. I'll drop this link in chat. You guys can just Google... Um, Nathan Bolin uses uh, Talos and Alien Vault every day. Yeah, so anyways, these are just some good resources that you should um, bookmark and get familiar with because they're... they're guys, uh, like really quick, this is something that ha has come up a couple times this week that's worth noting. If you're looking to break into the industry, Mervin, for example, just got his first job, right? You work your butt off to get the job. Guys, here's a spoiler. It doesn't get... It doesn't become like easy when once you get the job. Like you have to continue working. Cyber is constantly changing and evolving. Like, like, but it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying you don't like get the job and then kind of like post up and lay up and, and chill. Like you have to stay up up to date. Um, Talos and uh, Google Tag is really good options. And the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, obviously. Charges six and seizes domains linked to DDoS for hire service platforms. The U.S. Department of Justice on Wednesday announced the seizure of 48 domains that offered to perform distributed denial-of-service attacks on behalf of other threat actors, effectively lowering the barrier to entry for a malicious activity. The six defendants have been charged with running various booter or stressor services, as well as violating the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. These websites claim to provide testing services to assess the resilience of a paying customer's web infrastructure and are believed to have targeted several victims in the U.S. and elsewhere, such as educational institutions, government agencies, and gaming platforms. Yeah, so this will be interesting. Um, first of all, obviously, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> all right, so way to go, law enforcement, for getting this, this criminal ring. I want to point out, dude, Shamar Shaddock, 19 years old. Bad choices, man. 22, 23. Like, if you get, you know, depending on how severe the uh, punishment is, you may have really screwed your uh, life up here. Um, so here's here's what I want to say. The FBI investigated this. And you know, guys, say what you want about U.S. law enforcement at the federal level and stuff, but they do not arrest you unless they have a clear case against you, right? This isn't like, you know, secret police where they just like round you up based on hunches and gut feelings. Like they have legit, legit evidence to support 
indictment. Now, what I want to point out is this was a distributed denial of service for hire service platform. What does that mean? That means that I can employ them to knock someone off the internet. Now, why, why would I want to do that? Well, if I don't like Joel Belton's ice cream shop, I open a competing ice cream shop across the street um, and it's Black Friday and Joel is going to be doing like, on, like you know, uh, sign up with a mobile app and get a free scoop of ice cream. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a really good marketing campaign. I'm screwed. No one's going to eat ice cream at Joel Belton's and then come over to my place and get ice cream. I need to like basically knock him off the internet so nobody finds out about this crazy promotion he's running. I could hire these people to say, I want you to take this domain or this IP address or this URL or whatever, and I want you to basically make it inaccessible for some period of time, right? Let's say eight hours, you know? That's what a distributed denial of service for hire is. It's distributed because it's just a better service. Like there's more uh, bots involved that can push more data. That's all that distributed part means. Anyways, how could this operate? Well, what they argue is they are a service for, you know, white hack purposes where it's like, no, 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 I'm Joel Belton. I'm going to be running this promotion on Friday. I want to know if my website can handle it. Please, you guys, hit my website from this time to this time. I want to see if my this denial of service controls can handle it. If my website can stand up to an attack like this, the resiliency, it's called stress testing, okay? That's the, that's the claim of why you would have a legitimate business doing this. However, obviously, that was just a front for them to be able to actually sell malicious capabilities to whoever was the highest bidder to knock people off. So good. I, I love stories like this because I, I, want, I want criminals to know that people are getting caught and that you will be held accountable. Otherwise, it's what are we doing? It's anarchy. And I don't like living in anarchy. I love order. <laughs> I love structure. I love, you know, I love modern society. All right, let's keep rolling. But good, good on the DOJ, good on the FBI. Suck it, DO, uh, denial of service for higher service platform. Lego BrickLink bugs let hackers hijack accounts and breach servers. Security analysts have discovered two API security vulnerabilities in BrickLink.com, Lego Group's official secondhand and vintage marketplace for Lego bricks. BrickLink is the world's largest online community of Lego fans with over a million registered members. Two API security issues discovered by Salt Security could have allowed an attacker to take over members' accounts, access and steal personally identifiable information stored on the platform, or even gain access to internal production data and compromise internal servers. The first one is a cross-site scripting flaw in the Find Username dialog box of the Coupon Search section, and the second flaw was located on the Upload to Wanted list page, where users can upload XML lists containing LEGO parts that they wish to find and purchase. All right, so I, I did not know about this. Um, it's kind of funny how you find out about these like subcultures and then find out they're huge. I had no idea that there was millions of people who are like really into the secondhand lego market um but but hey you know what it doesn't it doesn't affect me and there's is nothing weird about it so you know get into your legos people good for you uh so basically this is just a big website that had two bugs on it cross-site scripting and um uh I, I forget what the other one was now I mean, yeah, I guess it is an API uh, flaw, but guys, um, this this website doesn't look super complex or co complicated. I don't know if BrickLink is uh, a for-profit business or who's paying to manage their infrastructure. Two things I want to point out. One, just because a business is like big and legitimate, it has it has no bearing on whether or not they're web applications are secure, right? You'd think that they have more money because they're bigger to be able to put in better controls, but things like this happen all the time, okay? That's the first one. Second of one, from a technical perspective, um, if you were authorized, right? Like let's say BrickLink was involved in like a hacker one bug bounty program where they allowed you to attack certain resources, right? I don't, 
don't um, don't just attack a website and be like, I'm a security researcher. Like you should have permission to do it, which is what the bug bounty programs are. They're like implicit, um, implicitly allowing you to do it. Like, uh, you know, they, they'll say like, oh, bricklink.com is in scope for attack. You could use a tool like Burp Suite um, to be able to discover flaws and vulnerabilities like this. Um, so I, I guess I just want to say like, if you, if, like these bugs are out there. A security researcher found it and made them aware, which is a great way to responsibly disclose this. I don't know if the res the researcher got any type of bounty. Usually, you get you know paid basically, um, especially if it's through a bug bounty program. We'll see. Maybe they were just like really love Legos too, and they wanted to do a um, a, a community service. But the the point is, you could use a technology like Burp Suite, which is a very very popular. Um, I guess web application testing security tool with with like way way more functionality than that. Uh, it is the it is a very standard uh, piece of uh, equipment or piece of software used by web application security researchers. So if you're interested in this type of work and you have not heard of Burp Suite, you absolutely need to check it out. It is a it to me it is a seminal tool. It is. Like just like people are like Metasploit or Cali, like, like Burp Suite is the tool if you're going to be doing web app pen testing. So get go check that out, and then you know maybe find a, a vulnerable field or two. All right, way to go, Legos. Let's do the mid roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Fortra. The cybersecurity landscape is full of single solution providers, making it easy for unexpected cyber threats to sneak through the cracks. That's why Fortra is creating a stronger, simpler strategy for protection. One that increases your security maturity while decreasing the operational burden that comes with it. Fortra's integrated, scalable solutions help customers face their toughest challenges with confidence. And you can learn more at Fortra.com. That's F-O-R-T-R-A.com. All right. Okay, guys. So um, it's the mid-roll. So if you're new here, we do uh, mid-roll things. We've got a new um, Eric Hildebrand with the sub. We've got a new. Um, uh, I'm working through the Simple Minds thing. This is this is a potential. So fingers crossed, guys. This is Simple Minds. Don't forget about me. All, uh, instrumental only. We're gonna see if we can trick the, like hide under the copyright uh, scanner. All right. Let me know if the audio is too loud, guys, and we'll be doing some talking. Let me know if that's too loud, uh, mods, please. All right. So, guys, I want to take a minute and thank all of you for being here, especially uh, chat. Those those people who are trying to allow, uh, explain how to get the, the memberships applied to their account. I genuinely appreciate that. I see a lot of support, a lot of inclusion. So, guys, crush it. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec, as usual, love partnering with them. Genuinely appreciate the sponsorship for the show. Guys, you still time to sign up for the newsletter to receive Monday's email. If you don't know what I'm talking about, every single Saturday tomorrow, I sit down about 8.30 a.m. with a cup of coffee, and I write this newsletter email, okay? It shows up in your inbox at 6 a.m. Eastern time, and it's very simple. It has three actionable takeaways, one for your end users, one for your peers, like IT, and one for your executives. And you can almost cut and paste what I put in there and send it to them, and it will add value, it will help reduce cyber risk, and it will make you look like an already, like it will take your rock star status and push it further, because I know you're crushing it already at work, but let me help just a tiny incremental bit on making it easier for you to crush it at work, okay? Thank you, Adam Frank. Yeah, definitely, definitely use the newsletter. Now, guys, it is Grayson's Friday joke of the week. Hey, hey, hey. Grayson's joke of the week. Okay, guys. Grayson uh, wanted me to, wanted you to know that he's super super excited for the new pirate movie coming out i don't know if you guys saw the ads for it. it there was a big trailer push last week that new pirate movie but he's a little disappointed because it's rated r and he can't see it 
Thank you, Grayson, for the joke of the week. Unable to get to the movie because it's rated the pirate movie because it's rated R. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks, Tony Roy. Thanks, Duke Norris. Thanks, Zombie Guy Justin. Jess Bishop, love it. Market Marcy Friedman, China. All right, guys. Forget about me. All right, let's keep rolling. We got a we got a busy day here. Microsoft's EU data boundary plan to take effect January 1st. Following up on a story we brought you yesterday, Microsoft on Thursday said it will begin rolling out the first phase of its European Union data boundary plan from January 1st, 2023, that will allow customers to store and process their customer data within the EU. The move comes two days after the EU Commission said it had officially begun the process of approving the EU-US data privacy framework. Under the first phase of the plan, companies that use Microsoft products and services will be able to store and process their customer data within the EU. Microsoft has included Azure, Power BI, Dynamics 365, and Office 365 under this first phase. Wow. NSA okay. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so we covered this story. First of all, uh, Kimberly. Great cash, homie. We covered this story yesterday. Literally in yesterday's news, it, they announced, oh, we're, we're, we're one step closer to the EU-United States data um, sharing agreement legislation. And I, and I spent a few minutes talking about GDPR and why it's a real privacy regulation and why the United States <laughs> is way behind as far as privacy goes. But they were talking about it like it was some international diplomatic cooperation. And I posited that it was not about that it was about straight cash homie straight cash homie that's right i said that dude the businesses want access to the data data is the new gold there's no way that this isn't just oozing capitalism and then whoop, the next day this story comes out microsoft like dude they just announced it and microsoft's already got a plan to execute in 14 days on how Azure, Power BI, Dynamic 365, Office 365 will consume and process and store data. You have to be absolutely head in the sand to believe for a minute that these power players, these Fortune 10 companies, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, were not involved in the shaping of this legislation, nor were they unaware of what it was exactly gonna look like. They've probably been working on a solution to monetize this data for months, like six months probably. Hey, this thing's coming, we know it's coming. We've got lobbyists, you know, we've got friends in high places. Not to say they're doing anything nefarious, but dude, I'm telling you, they're like salivate, like they haven't eaten in a week and they're in a steakhouse right now, and fillets are just being, you know, sent to tables next door. They're, they're like, they're just drooling at the access to this data. Believe that. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. That's right. This is all about cash money. I, guys, don't be surprised if you see another story about Amazon's, you know, data processing or Meta's data processing. I will say also... I'll be curious to see. This is kind of like a subplot. I, I, I'm like so into the cybersecurity show that I follow like the minor characters and the subplots, like some kind of like bizarre Game of Thrones metaphor. Ireland has been finding the crap out of Facebook for like, like the tune of like a billion dollars. Like every other month, Ireland levies some fine on Facebook for privacy infractions. So I'll be curious if Facebook just like, you know, flexes on Ireland using whatever this legislation is to be like, nope, we're going to just absolutely suck up all of your, uh, you know, your, your Blarney stone data at this point. Is Blarney stone the thing? Is that the, is that the stone that the people kiss or is that again? I don't even know if that's politically correct or not, but yeah. All right, here we go. He says Chinese hackers are actively attacking Citrix floor. <clears throat> Following up on a story we brought you in Wednesday's You Should Probably Patch That feature, the NSA said on Tuesday that it believes a Chinese hacking crew known as APT5 has demonstrated capabilities against an application delivery controller made by Citrix. 
Citrix released an emergency patch to fix the vulnerability on Monday and said that, quote, exploits of this issue on unmitigated appliances in the wild have been reported, end quote. The NSA has historically preferred to monitor such attacks rather than publicize them, but in recent years it has grown more proactive in sharing intelligence on attackers such as APT5. Of special note in this story, Alan Liska, an intelligence analyst at Recorded Future, said, quote, Combined with the recent Fortinet vulnerability, it could make for a lousy Christmas. The two are equally bad in terms of being remote code execution and pre-auth. They are also both devices that tend to be publicly accessible from the Internet, which means bad guys are likely already scanning for potential victims. Yeah. End quote. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. They say threat actors could be scanning, but dude, they also said APT5, which like, it's it's not that, um, it's not like me, you, and the rest of chat right now. There's 150 of us in here. It's not like we got together and like, we're APT73 now. Yeah. No, like APTs get assigned based on, um, you know, sophistication, consistency, all this other stuff. Although I will say Muddy Water uh, is an APT-ish, and um, they're not wicked sophisticated, so it's not 100% accurate. But my, my point is, it's not like there's, like, tons of people out there hitting these things. Like, you can find you can find these uh, vulnerable uh, patches, but you need to know the exploit, right? It's, it's not just, listen, just because something's vulnerable doesn't mean it's being exploited. The vulnerability just means it can be exploited. You still have to write shell code or write some type of code to exploit it, right? It's a two-part process. Vulnerabilities can go unexploited and, you know, be fine. It's just, you, you're, you, you know, it's like you went on vacation and left your front door unlocked. That doesn't mean your house has been broken into. It just means it could be accessed a lot easier, right? So I don't know how how active people are doing this. If you are running Citrix, uh, they said Citrix ADC. I'm not familiar with that personally. Application delivery controller deployments. You absolutely should work this into your patch management process. Um, anything that is internet facing really needs to be a priority in your security posture, right? Like you need to make sure that you're doing uh, attack surface management. You know, attack surface uh, management is important, right? <laughs> believe that. And, you know, this is another thing. I just want to point out really quick because I saw the title of this story uh, when I was setting the show up today. If you don't know this, this is Shodan. Shodan.io is like, you know, it scours the internet all day, every day and pulls back information. You can use Shodan to find things. I've put in here Citrix applications port 1604, which isn't exactly what this story is. Um, what, what APT5 is going for here, but it's close enough for demonstration purposes. Right now, there are 416 devices on the internet that is facing the internet, meaning I can access it, that are Citrix apps listening on port 1604. There's some in Spain, there's some in United States, Saudi Arabia, Russia, I'll stay away from that one. Let, let's do United States, right? It's as simple as this, this IP right here, right? I don't even know where this is, right? It's in Anaheim, California. This is a Citrix application. This server is also hosting a port 80 uh, Microsoft web server, uh, which could be, you know, potentially attacked. And they're running the Citrix app, right? So I'm not going to click on these things, but dude, you can see right here. Like, okay, so this IIS server right here, Shodan's doing us a great service and saying like, that IIS server is actually vulnerable to CVE 2008, 1446 and a couple other ones, right? So it's not that hard to do this and then do this. I wrote the CVE and then wrote exploit and then see if there's a um, an exploit. Look at like, you might be able to just find an exploit on GitHub right? So I'm not saying do this. I'm just saying this is how easy it is to find vulnerable stuff on the internet. There's tools for it. So when you read a story like this, if you have Citrix ADC, for example, internet facing, it may not be an exploit out yet, 
but the tools for threat actors to discover your system are wicked easy, which means script kiddies and unsophisticated people can find it just as easily. And if exploits become publicly available, then they can fire them on your infrastructure. So you want to keep your stuff that is internet facing specifically uh, hardened as best you can, okay? Also, just as a quick little shout out to Shoden, there's different GitHub repos of like really cool um, Shoden queries, right? So you can just, here, I'll drop this link in chat. This is a GitHub, but it just shows you some of the power of Shoden, right? Here, like I'll just, I'll just copy and paste this one here. I don't even know what this is gonna bring up, but just to illustrate the point. Serva Prisma View, there we go. These are a bunch of remote access things, okay? So, anyways, I just I like Shodan. Shodan's always like really fun and easy to demo and show off, and it it's got a lot of like you know visual sizzle. So I wanted to show it, but just this is what it means when the NSA comes out, or FBI, or DOJ, or CISA comes out and says something like this is happening. This is why you need to pay attention and listen if you're running that same uh, infrastructure uh, components. In this case, Citrix ADC. At GPT owner OpenAI projects $1 billion in revenue by 2024. Chat GPT, the new chatbot that is the talk of Silicon Valley, can spit out haikus, crack jokes in Italian, and may soon be the scourge of teachers everywhere facing fake essays generated by the AI-powered technology. The research organization, co-founded by Elon Musk and investor Sam Altman, and backed by $1 billion in funding from Microsoft, is expecting its business to surge. The startup has already inspired rivals and companies building applications atop its generative AI software, which includes the image maker DALL-E 2. OpenAI charges developers licensing its technology about a penny or a little more to generate 20,000 words of text and about two cents to create an image from a written prompt, according to its website. All right. So this is not surprising, okay? ChatGBT has been this 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 right here and we've demonstrated it on the show like last week or something where i put in a prompt and it and it, it it can write code it can translate code from one language to another it can translate language from like english to portuguese to french or whatever it can write short stories it can do a lot of amazing things and it's been free for a while and it's no wonder like dude you are you are hold on you are so dumb you are really dumb for real if you thought that this was just going to be a public service tool and that this wasn't going to be monetized, then you definitely weren't paying attention. This thing is, this thing, ChatGPT, it's scary as all get out. But you know what else it does? It prints money. It prints money. There are so many people using this thing. It's so popular. It's so talked about that it goes down. It gets so hammered like a denial of service attack except it's just really a lot of people using it this thing is going to definitely be a money maker um and the fact that they're talking about charging a penny for twenty thousand words of text like i would do that i even some of you may have seen this i actually spent like probably three hours this weekend past writing a python script that would uh, cause you can set up APIs. I wrote a Python script that would, it started with a question of give me an interesting historical cybersecurity fact. And then it would take the input back. It would push it into a structure and then it would post it to LinkedIn. And what I was going to try to do is write a cron job that every single day it would post some interesting cybersecurity fact. And I would just set it and forget it. Um, I ran into a couple issues, but anyways, there are going to be a lot of really interesting automated use cases here. Um, and I want to point out that a lot of people, not to get people scared or whatever, but um, this is going to be an industry disruptor, right? So if you write, like, let's say that you're a, I don't know why you'd be listening to this show right now, but if you're a free, a freelancer blog post writer, right? Or a ghost writer or whatever, like you are going to be out of a job. Uh, like, so, like, write uh 50 no 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 write 100 word marketing copy on why uh information security is a great field and why you should become a GRC analyst right so i have the GRC analyst class in a playful tone 
I have the GRC analyst class. I don't I don't really like push it like a marketing person. Oh. So this is what I'm talking about. It it kind of like chokes up on itself. Whatever. Trust me, it could do this and then you just copy and paste it as a blog post and you're off and running or you even get crazier and just automate it. Which is what I was just talking about. UK arrests five for selling dodgy point-of-sale software. Tax authorities from Australia, Canada, France, the UK and the US have conducted a joint probe into electronic sales suppression software, applications that falsify point-of-sale data to help merchants avoid paying tax on their true revenue. An announcement last Friday from the Joint Chiefs of Global Tax Enforcement, known as the J5, states that the probe resulted in the arrest of five individuals in the UK. The software allows retailers to keep a separate set of books and launder money in one transaction. J5 Chief and Australian Taxation Office Deputy Commissioner John Ford described as an example how a customer might order a $60 steak and a $100 bottle of wine, at which point the software changes the transaction, recording it in the point-of-sale system as a $10 bottle of chips and a $4 bottle of soft drink. All right. Remember... So, I mean... Okay, first of all... Um... All right, good, good, good. Um, the UK should arrest them. All right, guys, so clever bit of software. I, I really don't know how they thought they were going to get away with this. Okay, so um, point of sale software, you ring it up in, in a restaurant or in retail, and obviously, like, whatever you uh, charge, um, there's some percentage of that that goes to tax, right? It's a percentage. So, like, you know, state of South Carolina, it's like 6% sales tax. So $100 bottle of wine, 6 bucks is thrown on top for taxes. This piece of software would ring it up as a $10 bottle of soda and whatever. And then, dude, anytime you're having to keep two sets of books, like, like that's the most overt I am committing fraud. Like when you're keeping two sets of books, make like there's no there's no way that you are not blatantly aware that you're committing fraud. Okay? Now here's a couple things to point out. One, like, dude, just pay taxes, right? That, like, you know, second of all, um, it seems like a lot of overhead. Like, I, you'd have to make it worth it, dude, because, like, if you're keeping two sets of books, that means you either have to bring in your accountant and bring in a whole bunch of people into the fraud with you because you're not going to be, like, you're not going to be ringing it up and keeping the books and paying the taxes and balancing your books. Like you have people who are on staff that help you with those things. So you got to bring them all in on the fraud and, and, and hope that they don't say anything. Right. It just, it seems like a lot of effort and work um, just to save some money. I don't know how much you were saving, but like, you know, thousands of dollars. I mean, is it worth going to jail? Is it worth losing your liquor license at a restaurant for thousands of dollars? Probably not, but um, anyways, what I do find it clever, right? So a bit of clever work here. Um, I'd be kind of curious how they got into it because the point of sale systems are usually proprietary and hooked into like, um, like an overall system. There's like entire businesses that sell POS systems and like the, the menu and like the whole, the whole thing is an entire industry all its own. So it's kind of curious how they got involved in this. Um, but anyways, this is your basic garden variety fraud and, you know, way to go. It's, it's good. Join us later today for our Super Cyber Friday discussion. All right. So that's going to do it for the news. We're a couple minutes over here. Let me do this really quickly. I want to thank everybody. I want to share a couple little updates with everyone. If you haven't done it already, make sure that you uh, accept the... Uh, squad membership if you haven't already uh, genuinely appreciate all the squad subs that got dropped today um, later today starting at 9 o'clock a.m. so in 12 minutes Cybersecurity Cares is running a telethon this is the Lima Charlie group I'm wearing Lima Charlie shirt right now Lima Charlie and Chris Luff they've been running um, they've been running point on the Cybersecurity Cares you may have seen me mention it in uh, previous streams over the last couple of weeks, today's the final day of it. They've they've raised, I think, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars. 
where 91% of every dollar spent goes to putting food in a, like a very malnourished kid's mouth. Okay. This is a wonderful, wonderful charity. Um, they're running a 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, stream. I'm going to be a guest host at 9 a.m. Uh, me and Steve Cardinal, if you don't know Steve Cardinal, I worked with him for years. He's a wonderful guy. Uh, he actually taught me like my basic chops on on streaming and podcasting. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him and hanging out with him. This is all day long. It will be paired onto Simply Cyber's channel. So Simply Cyber will be showing this all day long. Jump in from time to time. Show some love. Drop your emotes. We'll have a good time. Like I said, I'll be there. Um, if you, Hey, if you just go to simplycyber.io slash streams, that'll take you right to Simply Cyber's YouTube channel. It will be streaming on Simply Cyber's YouTube channel all day today. All day today until 6 p.m. or 3 p.m. Eastern. It will be streaming all day. All right. I want to thank all of you for being here. Let's do the emote really quickly. It looks like the winner is Hackerman Keyboard. Let's go ahead and end the poll. Wow. All right. Hackerman uh, emote. I will get that uh, sorted out um, right after the stream ends. Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. We did a, We killed it this week. Well done, everybody. We killed it. If you're starting a new job on Monday in Cyber, Mervin, I'm looking at you crush it if you guys got interviews next week crush it if you had interviews this week best wishes on getting some good news if you're studying for certs getting exams whatever it is you know knock it out and just you know dominate guys that's what we're here for we're here to dominate and ki just kill it thank you all so very much be good and we'll see you guys on well, I'll see you on the uh, cybersecurity care streams in just a few minutes. But <clears throat> if you're a threat briefing person only, I'll see you on Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Everybody be good. Thank you all. Take care.